Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromicel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromicel technology. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe MySight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. The All Eyes Visual All VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Good morning, I'm Dr. Kerry Gelbin. Welcome to Open Your Eyes Radio. Please listen as I discuss the newest information in the world of health, nutrition, and sports every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central Time on AM 1280 The Patriot. Also, please share your thoughts by emailing me at drkerrygelb at gmail.com. That's D-R-K-E-R-R-Y-G-E-L-B at gmail.com. The drive and the skill to become a professional athlete are dreamt by many, but in reality, only a few are driven and skilled enough to beat the odds. Today's guests, USA Women's National Baseball World Cup star pitcher, Marty Cementelli and the amazing Shelby Estacado. Shelby was also a professional female baseball player. Shelby's life dramatically changed February 23rd, 2020, when she suffered a freak snowboarding accident, causing a serious spinal cord injury, which paralyzed her from the chest down. Shelby has gone beyond what a professional athlete can do and is now training harder than ever and competing at the highest level in adaptive sports. Today, we will learn her inspirational never give up story and what it takes to become a world-class athlete for both Shelby and Marty. Marty and Shelby, thank you for joining me today. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Shelby, I want to start with you. Your story is so amazing. And before we get into the details of your story, what is it, what is in you that you're able to have such a positive attitude going through such a, a difficult injury? Yeah, um, I have always been an athlete and that competitive drive I've lived with since I was a kid. And after my accident, I told myself I I just wanted to be happy and continue being an athlete. And if it wasn't for the High Fives Foundation and knowing that there's adaptive sports out there, um, I wouldn't have been where I'm at today. And it's, I always tell everyone it's a mindset and I want to be happy. I want to be an athlete still. 
and I wake up being in the moment and I tell myself, you know, what's your mindset? Is it, are you going to be happy? Are you going to be sad? You know, are you going to be depressed? And um, I just want to be happy. That's all. It's a mindset. So what is adaptive sports? Yeah, adaptive sports. There's a whole adaptive uh, sport community. And if you guys know the Paralympics, those are pretty much all the adaptive sports you can think of. And any type of life-altering injury you have and uh, any type of disability you have, you have an opportunity to participate in adaptive sports. And that's just any equipment and any sport that you think of uh, that you need modifications for, they have that. And I play sled hockey, I mountain bike, I surf, but with adaptive equipment because I'm paralyzed. So there's a whole community of that and it's been amazing. Marty, you're a professional athlete as well. You're talk about the USA baseball team and the tournament that you're going to be in soon. You both played for Team USA for the women's baseball team. Uh, tell us about that because the public doesn't know much about it. Yeah, so um, the national team has been, it started in 2004, was inaugural year. And if you imagine kind of like what the WBSC was, it's kind of what we do, but uh, for women's baseball, we have all different countries competing for that gold medal. And um, it's pretty much the most unbelievable thing to be a part of is playing for your country, representing um, your country and, and being around the best teammates, all these women that have shared the same passion as you um, that play the game of baseball uh, around the country. And then all around the world, there's all these other women that um, love the game just as much as you do. So you're a pitcher. You're the star pitcher on the team, Marty. How did you learn to pitch, and how did you get passionate about being a, a baseball a, a baseball pitcher rather than softball? Um, a baseball was always put into my hand at, at a very young age before I could pretty much even walk. Um, my dad loved baseball. He wanted me to get into the game of baseball. Just because I was a girl, it really didn't stop him from from teaching me the game. So it's something that I enjoyed kind of in the house as kind of like a hobby. And then it kind of snowballed into what it is today. Every day we would just practice and, uh, you know, little by little, it was like little league and then high school and college and, and the USA team. So it just kind of, kind of all came together. Um, I just really fell in love with pitching and that's, that's pretty much what's taken me all over the world. And that's what I love. And, and Shelby, you were on the team as well. You were the shortstop and you were the star utility player. Uh, uh, wherever, wherever they needed me. <laughs> so you also hit a lot of home runs. Uh, how did you learn to be a power hitter? Yeah, growing up, um, I played baseball as well. And I did switch over to softball at that 12, 13 year age. And um, I played softball in high school. And when I heard about the USA national team, I women's national baseball team, I was super stoked. And I had a couple of teammates from my college team also play for them. So that kind of brought me back to baseball, which I was super happy about. And that power, um, I was just in that three, four hole spot. And um, I did drills outside. It's always outside what you want to do on your own. And I was in strength training since I was 12 or 13 years old and until college and then after college, it's just repetition drills, all the little things that builds you up, uh, your muscles as an athlete. Um, I just kept doing that every single day outside of practice on my own. And I wanted to be a power hitter and that's what I was. 
Did you hit any home runs for the USA baseball team? Gosh, when that when that field gets bigger, I struggle a bit, but I can hit it. I can hit it far, but we only had, I'd say, four or five of us girls. I don't know, Marty. You think? <laughs> yeah, I, when you have when you rarely you see a home run, um, but Shelby hits hits the ball hard and far, and she was like lightning fast on the bases. <laughs> I was a yeah. I could I could stretch those bases far like. I can push it to a triple if I wanted to, just hitting it right in the outfield. And speed was a, a game changer for me too growing up. I could power hit, I can lay down a bunt and I can beat you out. That's what I said. I was like, I'm gonna beat this girl out no matter what. And how, and no how, one ever expected that when Shelby would run, we would be like, oh my gosh, she's so fast. <laughs> how how tall are you? Five eight. Five eight. So what kind of drills did you do to become a power hitter? Were there any specific drills they used to practice? Uh, yeah, I mean, you have, oh gosh, there's so many. It, it takes, it it takes like even with swinging the weighted balls and stuff, that all comes into play. But your strength training and um, those dumbbells, those power power lifting drills, because you're definitely working different groups of muscles, and there's uh, fast twitch, slow twitch muscles. Everything comes together. But I had personal trainers that would coach me in in that category. So I go to my hitting coach, I go to my strength coach and like they uh, collaborate on my drills. So they'd make the best athlete out of me. So it just takes finding the right coaches and then investing in you and your abilities. And I told them what I wanted to do. And my parents were athletes and I did have, I have an athletic career, like all my whole life, I've been an athlete. So that helps a lot too, but it takes more than just swinging the bat. You have to dive into drills and small little details, repetition, like every single day. And Marty, what kind of drills did you do to strengthen you as a pitcher? And how tall are you? Um, I'm five, two and a half. Don't forget the half. Um, Shortest my on the dad, team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> short on the team, but um, that doesn't stop me from uh, being successful on the mound. Um, it was kind of the opposite of what Shelby was kind of doing, not really looking for as like a power, uh, but more of just staying within myself and doing like little dumbbell work, um, small weights, um, just to make sure that my arm was in the best care, um, band work. Um, you know, I, the worst thing for a pitcher to have is to just be injured. So just making sure I was healthy. And did you ever get hurt? Did you ever have an arm injury? Um, not when I was growing up, no. Um, it's a little harder these days, but I never, never did um, when I was a kid or uh, into my 20s or mid-20s. And do you do long toss to get your arm strength better to try to throw faster? Yeah, some days are long toss days, some days are short, and then mixing in with the bullpens. So I'm not doing the same thing every day. Um, you know, gaining that strength with my arm uh, through long toss definitely does help. And you throw every day? I try to. It's a lot harder now, but uh, that has been my method for, for a really long, long time. <laughs> um, I try to do it as much as the weather allows me now in, in, in my job. So um, I do the best I can these days. Shelby was in uh, a very unusual snowboarding accident. So Shelby, if you could share that story. Yeah, um, February 23rd of 2020. So it's been three years and a few, a couple months. Uh, I had a snowboarding accident at Lee Canyon in my hometown of Las Vegas. And I was on my last run and pretty much went on 
uh, jump went off. And right when I went off, I lost control and I could not regain my balance. I remember the whole thing and it was a big jump. I'm not sure how high, but it was super high. And I landed straight on my back and I really wasn't sure what happened, but I, my half of my body felt numb and I didn't really know what to expect. And I tried to move and I couldn't move at all. And, um, they helicopter airlifted me out uh, of, from the mountain and I had two surgeries right away and um, I had a ORIF on my sternum so I have a plate on my whole chest and then I infused um, from my spine from T4 to T8 and so they go two above my injury and two below so I'm a T6 spinal cord injury. But um, so yeah, now I'm paralyzed from the chest down and I uh, continued doing rehab in Colorado after my accident. And I learned the how to get around my own home and my family. They also had to learn uh, being a spinal cord injury, just how I go about my day. And my mom, she's a physical therapist. So that helped a lot because she knew a lot of that side of things. And she was a big advocate for me when I was in the hospital. But um, it was tough, though, being injured during COVID. But um, Marty, she was actually there right when I got injured in the hospital, like probably the first two days, first day. I don't remember. But after surgery, she was like right there by my bedside. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So she's um, just amazing. Like, she's my best friend. And, um, you know, I really appreciate your being there for me because it was definitely a life-changing injury and I did not know what was going to happen and it was nice to have my family and my best friend there so yeah yeah I mean as soon as I was yeah as soon as I heard the news like you got the call when you were making a movie the kid only who only hit home runs yeah the kid that hit only runs I was in uh Orlando Florida um at the time we were wrapping up the movie it was like the last day or um yeah, the second to last day or last day when I found out from um, Shelby's mom, Nancy gave me a call, which is probably the scariest call I'll ever get in my life. But um, she told me very briefly kind of what, what happened and uh, it was a serious injury. And as soon as that phone call happened, I just made it apparent that I needed to get there, get out there as soon as possible um, and get me on a plane to Vegas. Um, we weren't really sure if she was going to be in Colorado or Vegas at the time. So we were going back and forth with that but uh, I just wanted to make sure that you know I was there right beside her and that you know everything would be okay so when you Shelby when you were laying on the ground after the injury what was going through your head I I immediately was like I need to go to the hospital I need to go to the hospital like I wasn't breathing and I was taking short breaths and I didn't realize my sternum was also cracked in half so that was a major problem of and kind of did not help me breathe and um it took three ski patrols because you know the first one comes you don't realize how severe it is the second one comes and then is like has some gear and then the third one comes and has all the gear to take me down finally so what was tough is that at the mountain it's about i don't know 80 miles up so you have to they had to drive me down in an ambulance to pick me up in the helicopter because they couldn't land on the mountain so that was tough. I I just, I still didn't know I had a spinal cord injury, but everything was just numb. And I, I just didn't know what was going to happen. And I was like, straight away, bring me to the hospital. I kept whispering it. I need to go to the hospital. I need to go to the hospital. That was the first thing. 
So, so for people that don't know, it's the, the, the neck is the cervical spine. And then there's the thoracic, which is the mid-back, which is where you had your injury. And then the lumbar is below the mid-back and then the sacral part, the spine. So you were in the, you were in the mid-back in, in the thoracic. And that typically will affect the, you know, from the chest down, depending on which, which, which part of the thoracic is, is damaged. Uh, what kind of care did the ski patrols uh, give you and did they did they did they seem like they knew what they were doing and and yeah. how, how was it with the ski patrols yeah they were definitely on top of everything and they um, made sure they stabilized my neck because obviously you don't know where my break is so they stabilized everything and um, they had to take I had my snowboard on and my boots so they literally had to unclip that, but they were super careful with transferring me over and they skied me down and everything. And I remember I had to check in with the lady because I was like closing my eyes, but she was like, give me a thumbs up every time I say your name as they're skiing me down. So like Shelby, and I'd like lift my thumb up. Shelby, you good? And I like lift my thumb up because they didn't want me to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, they were really quick with everything. And, um, and today, they take care of me so well too. They check in with me, that Lee Canyon, that whole family up there, they still keep in touch with me. And anytime I, I, I was just skiing over there um, a couple weeks ago, actually on a Friday. And um, after my accident, it, you know, there's always room for education. So like we re-educated like the ski patrol, they practice all that stuff every day. I see them on the mountain every day, um, making sure like they know like what to do, the protocol what to do here so their timing is um because crucial in that moment so they did really well so here you are you're flying in a helicopter to the hospital have you ever been in a helicopter before i've been on a helicopter <laughs> but not like that <laughs> and uh what was that what was that ride like yeah i just um it was quick i remember i wanted my mom she's at sunrise hospital in vegas and they're a big hospital. And I, I wanted to go there. I remember telling them that, but since they have a contract with UMC, um, University Medical Center, they sent me there and they're super close to each other. But um, the doctors and the surgeons I had that day, I was really happy I went there because they are one of the top neurosurgeons. He did surgery on me and my scars. Everyone talks about how perfect my scars are and just what an amazing job he did. And um I remember saying I was in so much pain and they kept um, just giving me a lot of medication to help with that. But I remember I wanted to get off my back so bad because it felt like some something was just a rock. I was laying on a huge boulder like it felt like it was just piercing my back and I wanted to just be on something soft, but they couldn't. I had to be on the stretcher and like then they had to transfer me over and my body would, would not stop shaking. I was just like constantly shaking just because your body's in shock. It's like, what the heck just happened? And, um, but yeah, they were there for me, the medic team, everyone took great care of me. And another thing I didn't mention was my parents were on a flight from Texas. So they got the call when they were traveling, which was really hard to hear, especially all the way from Texas. So. And M Marty, what are you thinking at this point? Your, your best friend is injured and to go visit her uh, what are you thinking? 
I mean, Nancy did call me from the airport because she was in Texas and she told me very quickly, it was so fast because she was boarding her flight. And um, I just, I didn't, I didn't know how to process it all. I stayed up that entire night um, waiting for a text from Nancy, making sure that the surgery went well because I didn't know what was going to happen. It was very frightening. Um, but to wake up the next morning knowing that, you know, she was, she was well and she was, she was going to be okay. Um, that's all that mattered. And you, you also broke your sternum and the sternum is, is in three parts. It's made up of three parts. Was the, all the whole sternum broken or just one part of it? Yeah, two parts. Like in the very, like the middle, it was a complete clean break. And it was puncture. It was like just putting pressure on my lungs and just all that inside of the ribs. And then the bottom tail part, like at the end, that was broken as well. But he, the doctors, the surgeons, they were just like, I have never seen a break like that. And I don't know how you did that, but I was super high and just the impact, just everything folding, just crushed it. And they, they had to get a couple people in there to pull it back up. So it stabilized it. It was, it's crazy how they explained it. And you, they, you went to, eventually went to Craig. Yes. Can you explain about Craig a little bit? Yeah. For people out there that might be listening. Yeah. And Craig Hospital, they're one of the top uh, spinal cord injury and traumatic brain injury um, rehabilitation centers in the whole country. And a lot of athletes and people with life altering injuries, like spinal cord injuries and TBIs, they will get sent. They will get pushed to get sent there because they literally just focus on that. They don't focus on anything else except those spinal cord injuries and TBIs. So my mom, her being in the medical field and at Sunrise, she knew about Craig and she pushes her patients to go to Craig. And so now I'm here and she's like, we got to get you to Craig. And um, there's also uh, Utah, University of Utah. They have their newly developed um, uh, rehab place for spinal cord injuries. And um, they they just don't have a foundation like Craig does, but they are really good as well. And um, Craig, at Craig, they come and they evaluate, they fly out to wherever you are, they do an evaluation and they have to see you're able to withstand like six plus hours of uh, rehab. So once you show them that and they see that and you're like motivated, you can't just go to Craig and not want to work to, I don't know, be independent again, because that's what my goal was. So you have to, they just have to see your drive and your willingness to, you're ready to be there. And um, so I was approved and they flew me out on a jet straight over to Colorado from Vegas. And yeah, it was four of us or five of us on the plane. Yeah. So when we get back from the break, I'm going to, I need to ask you how the accident actually happened when you were skiing and when you were snowboarding and what happened about the jump that you took uh, to go into some details. I'm talking with Marty Simontelli and Shelby Estacado, professional women's baseball players. And this is Dr. Kerry Geld for Open Your Eyes Radio on AM 1280, The Patriot. MacU Health. Your science-born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. The All Eyes Visual All VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The Visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies 
to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. This is Dr. Kerry Gell back with AM on AM1280, The Patriot with Marty Simentelli and Shelby Estacado. And before the break, we were talking about Shelby's accident. So tell us exactly what happened in the accident, what you were doing uh, when the accident happened. Yeah, so right before, it was the last run of the day and I ran into some friends up at the lodge at Lee Canyon and not many people know this. I was I was leaving. It was two thirty, and I was getting ready to leave. And I ran into some friends and from my company, Striker, and um, they we all wanted to do a run together because I hadn't seen them in a while. So I was like, "Yeah, let's go up for a run." And this is my very last run. So there's two jumps up at the top right now, and um, I went on the second jump, and I was just cruising and trying and going, and you know when you you're just relaxed and you're just cruising and just doing whatever. I was not like being athletic with it. And when I went off, right when I went off, I pretty much slipped back, kind of like you slip on a banana peel in those cartoons. And um, I landed right on my back and I pretty much folded the weight of my snowboard and boots, folded at the top of my head. So I was like sandwiched in half and like a reverse scorpion basically. And I just slid down the rest of the mountain. And I remember looking up and I thought my snowboard was straight and my feet were faced up, but my knees were like this way. And my snowboard was, it was just complete opposite of what I pictured in my head. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot feel anything. Like my direction and proprioception of where my body was at was completely off. And I knew it was, I knew it was really bad from there. And was that a, is that a black diamond? What level of? Uh... No, it's a blue. I mean, just, it was just in the park where you go in the park area and the terrain was just, yeah, it was a blue course. It was just, the jump was pretty big. I probably shouldn't have pushed it that much, but I did. You know, there's always the last run of the day, right? Yep. That's why, yeah, people are always careful with that. So do you also ski? I mean, before the accident, did you regular ski or just snowboarded? Nope, just snowboarded. That was it. And I still have my snowboard. <laughs> so so Marty, you're you're from New England. Are you a skier? No. Uh my dad was pretty uh strict on what I was able to do for a baseball uh standpoint of things. So I never was really involved in any of the snow uh activities. Uh I snowboarded one time like like after college um and i was just awful at it so i just stopped doing it um and never never tried again so marty what what are the best uh baseball team female baseball teams which countries are the best um i mean japan's always um always amazing they've won the last bunch of them actually since i've been part of the team since 2008 so they're always uh really good competitors along with um Chinese Taipei has been up and coming the last few World Cups. They're really up there as well. And then you got um, Australia and Canada, which is pretty much where we're all kind of on the even uh, playing field. So, um, yeah, it's it's really good competition, but I would say those countries are um, at the top. So everybody, want, everybody wants to know, how fast does a female pitcher throw? Um, I would say, I mean, Shelby probably can agree with this, but it's mainly in the mid-70s. Um, and occasionally you'll get like 
upper 70s people touching 80 but um that's that's right about in the in that in that zone right there mid 70s and when you're pitching uh you know when you watch like female golfers you know professional golfers it's it's almost like they have better form than the male golfers you know the men a lot of times are using brute strength where the females you know they perfect their art so well that you watch their swing it's just really like poetry emotion uh, when it comes to pitching, learning to pitch, I know you read Leo Mazzoni's book and you learned a lot from him. Talk about your mindset as you're pitching uh, and what you're thinking about how to get the, the batter out. Um, I, the biggest thing is trying not to think too much. So basically kind of clearing your, your mind and um, just forgetting about that batter. To me, it's just focusing on my catcher, which is usually Anna Kimbrell, which is, she's a, an amazing catcher. So I, you know, she tells me what's sick, what pitch I'm throwing and we just go from there. I try not to look too much into it. Um, when that happens, my breath, my, everything gets more nerves kind of come in shortness of breath. So I just try to clear my mind. And what, how many different pitches do you throw? Um, I've just fastball palm ball, slider, change up. So that's where I'm at right now. I used to have like eight pitches when I was younger, but I pretty much uh, made it more simple now, uh, especially for my catchers. <laughs> and you get to hit or do they DH for you? Heck yeah. Um, I, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in tournaments awesome. sometimes I get to hit. Um, <laughs> Shelby and everyone love it on the bench. Um, but for USA, it's kind of, you know, just a DH position uh, for me, but Last summer in Canada, we had a weird thing where the pitchers had to hit from themselves. And my coach came up to me and was like, you got to be ready to hit for yourself. And since 2008, I've never had a hit for myself for USA. And I uh, battled through and I got myself a walk. So, you know, I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> did, you foul, did you foul any off? I did. I did. It was the right field and everyone went crazy when I fouled it off. <laughs> so Shelby... When you you went through rehab, talk to us. You're a professional athlete, and they're evaluating you at Craig to see if you're almost like if you're worthy kind of to be there. If you're going to work hard enough, I mean, who's going to work harder than you? <laughs> it was so funny with my when you have your PTs and your OT, all the staff that like works with you. I enjoyed it so much, and there was a point. I was only there for six weeks and that was super short compared to a lot of other people. But there's just a point where you just plateau and you just, you know, that's all they can give you. Cause I'm like, all right, throw the ropes in while I go on this. Can you give me some dumbbells while I hop on this machine? Can you give me like a weight med ball and I'll do that while I do this? So we were trying to like put everything in because I was already mastering and crushing all these other things. They're like, what else can we make her do? And then it was just, it was just, um, it was funny. And they just, they don't go by the book with everyone. If they, they saw me and they knew I was an athlete, they're like, sweet. Like we get to push it to the next level and let's try this that we never done with most of our patients. And let's see if Shelby can do this. So that was fun for me. And um, I still keep in touch with them today. And uh, they just, it, it means a lot when they don't go by the book and they just, know you're an athlete and they work you like an athlete still and they're not scared like even though I'm paralyzed they're not yeah they're careful but they're not 
overly like oh my gosh like let's be careful no they they like to push me and i told them like let's do it and i understand that when you were injured they diagnosed you with partial uh and so is there a chance that you may be able to walk again yeah there is a chance i mean i feel like everyone has a chance with all the technology and people coming out with new studies and i know a bunch of universities they're doing a bunch of studies and this year i was going to look into that I know Stanford, a lot of California schools have um, these different E-STEM and uh, all these, I don't know, other stuff that they want to do spinal, work with spinal cord injuries on. And um, there is a chance and you have the complete um, injuries and you have incomplete spinal cord injuries. So complete, you completely severed your cord. Incomplete, so I just had a really bad contusion, kind of like a really bad bruise on my spinal cord. So um, I was diagnosed as an incomplete Asia B. So I have sensation all the way down to my toes, just touch. I don't, I can't feel temperature or pain, but I can feel when people touch my legs. Um, so that was something I gained back. And there's things slowly um, I'm noticing, um, no movement quite yet, but um, it's been only three years and anything could happen five years, 10 years down the road. You just have to, um, Make sure you keep, I keep, um, I do CrossFit. I do a bunch of sports, I told you. And my my mind doesn't forget I have legs still, even though I can't use them. So that's just super important, just doing those, staying active and all that stuff. But um, there is a chance. Um, so I'm always keeping uh, hope up for that. So the new research that's coming out uh, as far as maybe nutrition, stem cells, have you what what have you kept up with it? And if you have, what have what what looks like will be helpful and hopeful in the future? Yeah, e-stem is a big one that because with the United States and just what you can do with stem cells, that is something I looked into. And I've seen a lot of people uh invest in that and it has worked. So um that's something I am still considering, but e-stem right now and just where they place the stimulation on your body and where your break is. Um, my friend who's a quad, he, so that's like no hand function. And he, I never saw him stand before ever. And after he did the study, I forget how many weeks it was, but I saw him over the fall last year in October. And um, we were mountain biking together and he comes out of his car and he like stands up and I'm like, oh my gosh, you, you're standing. I was like, that's crazy. And he told me about the study he did, but um, that's something, yeah, different people have different studies going on and you have to be a certain amount of years outside post your accident. So um, e-stem is a big one that I want to look into because there's different things. People either put it in, inside and people put it on dry needling and put it in certain spots on your spine. Like there's so many things with e-stem you can do, but that's what I'm looking into. So Marty and Shelby are both professional female baseball players. Marty, there's now female baseball coaches, uh, professional in, in the major leagues, I believe. Uh, is that something that you would consider someday? Um, I don't know. Uh, kind of undecided at this point. I'm still just going to try to play as long as that I long that I can. Um, but it's really cool to see um, like people that we know and um, that have played with us and, um, out there breaking barriers uh it's really cool knowing that women can be a part of baseball and it's being accepted throughout the country and throughout the world um it's a really 
amazing thing to see that things are changing and, and um, there'll be a lot more uh, women coaches out there. What do you think, uh, Marty, about the new MLB rules uh, in baseball? Um, so I do have a job with MLB, so they really do affect my current position. So, um, you know, it's just trying to make the, the pace of the game quicker. It's a, it's a lot different when you're watching a game. Um, but, you know, it, it's also different for pitchers. It depends on what uh, position that you're playing. Um, and, you know, a position player could be used to playing a shift all the time and they got to get used to not playing in that shift. So it's definitely um, an interesting year um, to try to see what they'll do going forward. Um, I guess I'm kind of in the middle at this point um, because I play baseball and I work with baseball. So I kind of try to be in the middle with it. Um, but I am interested to see after this season uh, where people's opinions are and see uh, if they want to continue with these rules or if they change them. And how about the female baseball rules? Are they the same as the MLB or are they the old rules? Uh, they're the same. Uh, nothing, nothing has changed. I mean, I don't know if Shelby, you can think of anything besides us playing like seven innings that, uh, instead of nine, it's pretty much the same. I mean, but can you shift or you don't, you can't shift like MLB? We we can do whatever we want. Um, okay, there's so no restrictions. My opinion, yeah, it just gets like too technical, like whenever the shift and all the stats coming in, which is good. But like when the game is just, just play the game, just play the baseball game. And it just gets so technical when you do every little detail with the stats, but um, it's an interesting thing, like Marty said, to look at, and we'll see where it goes. But um, I think it's cool just to play in your position and go get the ball. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see how uh, how many hits get uh, this year compared to last year with the, the no shift and everything like that. Um, and also, it just seems like more home runs are are being hit this year as well for some crazy reason. <laughs> it's so uh, Marty as a uh, pitcher. Uh, what do you think only being able to throw over two times? Um, I think that's, I don't really <laughs> like it for a pitcher because the third time is basically like a free base and there's a lot more uh, stealing of bases this year. Um, I don't like the restrictions on that for a pitcher, but it, maybe a position player wouldn't care as much. And Shelby, I, I want to get back to high fives. If you could tell us about about that. Yeah, high fives. They were uh, the first people that reached out to me when I was at Craig and a group of us over there. I was the only girl, but high fives was started by Roy Tuscany and uh, in uh, 14 years ago, and he had a spinal cord injury and he's walking again and he um, had a ski skiing accident. And after that, he wanted to start the High Fives Foundation and that started in Vermont and he brought it over to Truckee. Uh, California and that's why I moved up to Reno to be closer to high fives and um, he uh, his wife Elena Nichols she's a six-time Paralympic medalist three-time gold medalist first female to place gold in summer and winter um, so she was one of my big mentors and she hopped on the phone right away after I was done talking with Roy and he gave his um, spiel on like who, who high fives was and what they represent and they help people with life altering injuries get back to the outdoors and that's with they have adaptive equipment like uh, grants to apply for so I have a mountain bike I have um, a surfboard coming in in a couple months um, I, I got a new wheelchair because of them and 
Um, I do CrossFit too, and they've helped me get a lot of adaptive equipment for that. But anybody with a life-altering injury, um, whether even in the military, and um, they, he opens it up uh, to those people that want to get back to the outdoors and you know be happy again. And it's pretty amazing what they've done and the amount of sponsors and donors we've gained over the past few years since I've been a part of them. It's amazing. And um, like Marty and my friends from baseball and everyone that's met them, they pass the word and the word gets around and it's like, oh, who's high fives? Oh, they're high fives. I want to donate and all this stuff. So it's pretty cool to see them grow from since my accident. And then high fives, like everyone's so cool. Like her whole crew, everyone that runs it, I've met them a few times. They're just the best people, so generous and they welcome everybody um, to the family. Talk a little bit about your mentor, Anna Nichols. Yeah, so she, Elena, she um, had a spinal cord injury when she was 17 and she played softball growing up and she was being recruited to LSU, like top schools. And when she, so she's now, she just turned 40. So she's been injured way longer than I have, but um, she was the first like female I was able to look up to and kind of learn from and tips and tricks on what she does in her chair to get around and she um they have a baby gunner he's three and um I also want to have kids someday so it's just cool to see her um from athlete and still being an athlete to motherhood and um she's she still competes she has the she competes in um surfing adaptive surfing there's a big uh ocean side competition in San Diego um coming up in September and a couple others but she has taught me so many things, especially with the daily routines and how to wheel around this, where to go for this, um, who to, she's connected me with Danielle Umstead. She's a blind skier in the Paralympics and she started Sisters in Sports Foundation. And that's how I got to National Ability Center to where I ski race now. So all these connections and the amazing people I've met since my accident, it's just been up, 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 up from there. That's, it's amazing. <laughs> And how did Elena, Elena uh, get hurt? How did she get injured? She also went off the jump. She tried to do a backflip, actually snowboarding. And she uh, that's how she uh, suffered her spinal cord injury. She's lower than me, but um, yeah, she did the same thing, snowboarding accident. <laughs> and so there's also this camping, there's hockey, there's mountain biking, basketball, CrossFit, skiing, surfing adaptive skiing that high five helps people with and you've participated in almost all of those is that correct yeah that's correct the only one i haven't done yet is fly fishing and motocross <laughs> i think you can do it <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm ready to hop on they have everything that you can think of so you you have two brothers yes. who was the best athlete in the family me <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I'm not lying. I literally, they're, they're not like, we grew up playing baseball together. Like my older brother and I were close in age, but you know, I was the only one that stuck with sports and my little brother did throughout high school. He was a big lacrosse player and he was good, but I was, I just soaked it all up genetically and just took it all from my parents. <laughs> and who, who's the athlete, your mother, or your father? Oh my gosh, but I would say, sorry, dad, mom is because she white lettered, <laughs> she white lettered in uh, college, I mean, in high school, and she was a golfer track, she did the discus, and um, she played basketball, that was her big thing, and then she tore her ACL in college, but 
that's when she took the medical PT route after that because her career was pretty much done. But yeah, my dad was fast though. So I got the speed from him, not my mom. Well, this is Dr. Kerry Gell for Open Your Eyes Radio. As we're finishing up this, this segment, I'm speaking with Marty Cimentelli and Shelby Estacado. We're here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Uh, Shelby, Marty, uh, people want to find out more about you and that you have, there's a, there's a way that people could donate to kind of help pay for your medical bills. Can you talk about that as we fit up in the last 36 seconds? Yeah, there's, um, oh, there's a few places to donate. And um, I would say just high fives. Uh, they have their donation page and I have a page created as well. So you can donate to that specific athlete or you can donate to high fives as a whole. And um, that's one of the main ones, but I would appreciate it if people would look into the National Ability Center, um, Achieve Tahoe. They're the first ones who taught me how to ski. Um, there's all these nonprofit foundations that have been a part of my life that I like. We'll be back next week with Marty and Shelby. Thank you for listening to Open Your Eyes Radio with Dr. Kerry Gill. The All Eyes Visual Hall VRP is a portable vision testing platform that includes visual fields, acuity, color vision testing, pupillometry, and extraocular motility. The visual leverages virtual reality, artificial intelligence, and augmented technologies to enable eye care providers to test for and monitor common eye diseases. Visit alleyes.com for more information. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacU Health with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and micromycel technology. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit OIEBroadcasting.com and sign up today. Since I bought Safe For You, my dad makes me clean his boat. It's natural y es un buen producto. Every time I go back to school, my mom always makes sure that I have my Safe For You products. I bring extra and my roommates certainly don't mind. It's a good thing I had Safe For You to clean up after this little guy. When my hands get dry, I like to wash them with Safe For You. And most importantly, the reason why I buy Safe For You is because it's safe for me and you.